Bill O'Reilly. Welcome to the No Spin News. Monday, June 7, 2021. Stand up for your country. Big announcement about Donald Trump coming your way. You might have heard about it already. It's all over the place. Drudge, yeah. Washington Times, New York Post. So I'll tell you about it and the implications of it. But first, President Biden's scheduled today. It's a whopper. Uh, no, no, I guess not. Uh, one thing. So he's going to meet with the Secretary General of NATO at 4.30. And that's all. That's all that's on his schedule today. <laughs> you know, I say it, I don't want to be boring and repetitive, but what's going on? <laughs> really? Come on. Every day? However, the vice president, she's in Guatemala City, but she had a little rocky time getting there. So last night she had plane problems, had to turn around, but finally made it down to Guatemala City at uh, 630 local time last night. Now, Guatemala City, I've uh, been there a couple of times. It's a big, big uh, metropolitan area. Um, and, and they gave the vice president a nice welcome. There's the president of Guatemala, uh, Alejandro Giamatti. And uh, I'm not going to get into the history of the country, but it's brutal. It's never been a free republic. It's always been ruled by whoever had the most swords or knives or guns. And the poor people there, they don't really have much opportunity in Guatemala. Beautiful country. Um, I told you last week, Guatemala City's got a great cathedral in its main square, open marketplace, but, and it's got the volcanoes there, and, and it's very pretty, but it's a dangerous place, and always has been, all right? So she's there, she's not staying very long, she stayed over last night at the American Embassy, uh, and then she's going to Mexico City tonight, and the reason she's there is to bribe uh, Alejandro, <laughs> Now, I know that's unfair of me to say. I, I know that. And I'm being facetious to some extent, but that's what this is. So the Biden administration apparently going to offer all four, Mexico, Honduras, El Salvador, Guatemala, 861 million bucks to keep the lid on it. You know, kind of, look, we don't want these giant caravans coming to the USA. So here's hundreds of millions of dollars. Make it stop. That's what it is. And you and me, we're paying tax dollars to this Washington machine, 861 million bucks. And the poor people down there, I got to see a penny of it or a peso of it. Oh. And the press couldn't care less. All right, here it is about Donald Trump. You ready for this? Okay, press release this morning. Bang, headline. President Donald J. Trump to discuss the history of his administration with Bill O'Reilly in a limited engagement national tour. It begins um, December 11th in uh, Sunrise, Florida. That's Lauderdale. BB&T Center. That's where the hockey team and the Panthers play. Then we will have a show on the 12th. I don't know where yet, but we'll announce quickly. December 18th, Toyota Center, Houston. December 19th, Dallas, Texas, the American Airlines Center. Big, big uh, forums, arenas. And now why should you 
care. Because this will be the first time that the Trump administration will be put on the record. Is that hard to believe? It's when Joe Biden was inaugurated, the day he was inaugurated, I said to myself, you know, I don't know anything about the inner workings of the Trump administration. I know nothing about it. All I know is that the corporate media hates him and then some of the other media loves him. And that's their reportage. We hate him or we love him. Not what really happened. How on earth did the United States of America get a vaccine to fight COVID in seven months. How? Do you know? I don't know. It's never been reported. Never. So I've got 50 of those. So um, in April, I went down to Mar-a-Lago and I met with the president and I said, look, uh, in the name of history, and you know I wrote a book on you called The United States of Trump, fair book, not a cupcake book, which went right up to election day when you won. Okay? And, but now we have to get on the record what happened. But rather than me writing a book, I want to do it live. I want to do it in front of the folks. So the president's agreed to four shows initially. And if he doesn't beat me up during one or all of those shows, he may extend. We have 20 cities that we would like to visit. And um, I can guarantee you that this exposition, you know, it's really a show, but it's more than that, will be something that you'll remember your entire life. So President Trump said, uh, he has a statement here, and you can read the whole press release on BillOReilly.com. We have it just there. But he said, It'll be fun, fun, fun for everyone who attends. I hope that includes me. (laughs) I'd like it to be fun, fun, fun for me. Now, the show is going to be similar to the shows that I did with Dennis Miller, although I'll be on stage the whole time, which, you know, may may not be a good thing. And President Trump will be on stage 95% of the time. I will introduce him and he'll walk out separately. But it is history is what I am gunning for. I don't want to relitigate the election. I don't want to get into fake news. He's free to say whatever he wants to in the context of my question about history. I'm not going to muzzle the president of the United States. I would never do that. But my questions are going to be very specific about what happened. How did it happen? I'll give you a simple one. Does Putin speak English? Do you speak to him in the English language? What kind of a person were you looking at? That kind of stuff that nobody would ever know. Now, Donald Trump, if you look and Google at my interviews with him, they were by far the toughest interviews that he ever did. And this was, you know, when he was running for president. I did the first interview after he was elected. And they are not powder puffs. So you'll get a sample of what is going to happen. Now, the history of this is so important for your life, because going forward, we need to know how things get done or do not get done. There were things that he wanted to do that he couldn't get done. And rather than blaming, I'm sure there'll be personalities all over the place. And I'm not going to shy away from anything. People go, well, what are the ground rules? There are no ground rules. All right, it's my production company. 
putting this together. No ground rules. And it took Donald Trump, took him about two months to, you know, come around. I didn't cajole him. I didn't do that. I went down, I met with him, man to man, face to face. I go, this is what the country needs. It's exactly the way I put it. We need to know what happened in those four years, rather than this unbelievable propaganda still to this day happening. That's all personal and, and hate or love. That's useless to you. It's useless. History is what is important here. And I know enough about Donald Trump, the man and the president. Whereas when he says something, I'll be able to say yes, or I can challenge. I'm not going to debate him. It's not a debate thing. And the second half of the show will be Q&A by the people who are in the arena. They'll write on cards their questions, and I will pick maybe 15, and we'll ask the president these questions. That gives him a little bit more room to roam, uh, and that's fine. As long as we have 45 minutes up top where it's boom, 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 boom. So anyway, uh, again, tickets will go on sale on Monday, June 14th. Ticketmaster, but you BillOReilly.com premium members have first choice this week. All right, beginning on Thursday of this week, go to BillOReilly.com. We have all the stuff. We have to give you a password and all of that. It's a big deal. This is a big deal. It's never been done before. Never been done. This is unique in the history of this country, where you have a sitting president, all right, who leaves office and then goes on a nationwide tour to talk about his administration. Okay, so BillOReilly.com premium members, this is why you should become one or a concierge member. You get first choice. Going to uh, Lauderdale in December, not a bad thing. (laughs) Dallas and Houston in December, not bad places to be. All right, a little warmer, get out, Christmas time, Father's Day gift, hey, ultimate, right? You know, give them killing the mob, Two tickets or four tickets to our shows, and Dad will love you forever. And then Christmas gifts. Come on. So, um, and the final thing is we are going to shoot, tape, everything. And the only people that will have access to the tape will be me, BillOReilly.com, my operation, and Donald Trump's operation. No one else will have it. We will show you portions of the interviews here. Another reason to become a premium member, okay, and stay with us. Um, Nobody else. We are not letting any press in. They want to come in, they can buy a ticket. Nobody's allowed to tape. Our security is phenomenal. I mean, I spent a month on it. It, it, It's airtight. So no shooting the show, no shenanigans, none of that. All right, so go to BillOReilly.com. We have the whole press release there. Hope to see you on the shows. If they work out, there will be more. But these four, I'm telling you, it's off the chart. So if you can make it, I hope you do. Okay, let's get on with the news. Democrat Senator Manchin from West Virginia says he's not going to vote for the voting rights bill. That is a Biden shipwreck right there. So this intrusion for the states from the federal government to run the election is going to fail. Not going to happen. And Manchin's a gutsy guy. But more than that, it sends a signal to the Biden administration, you don't have a solid senatorial coalition. You don't. 
I don't think Cinema would vote for it either in Arizona, and I think there'd be some other defections. Um, maybe the guy in Montana. So it was unconstitutional to begin with because the feds cannot control how the states run the elections. Can't. But Manchin says no, and this is the beginning of the shipwreck for Joe Biden. It's called the For the People Act. It passed the House, of course, 220 to 210. Not one Republican voted for it. And um, it's not even going to get to the floor of the Senate. So the New York Times, which is like this with the Democratic Party, they work together unprecedented in uh, American history. They tweeted, quote, Senator Joe Manchin of West Virginia said he will not vote for the Democrats' far-reaching bill to combat voter suppression and restore ethical controls on the presidency shattered by Donald Trump. This is a newspaper tweeting that out. I mean, really, come on. <laughs> so a critic of the Times called it cartoonish. I, I don't even bother anymore. I know what's happening in this country. That's one of the reasons I'm going out to try to get a record that's honest. Supreme Court, this is a stunning ruling, 9-0. All right, all liberal uh, Supreme Court justices voted against allowing people who come here illegally in the name of asylum to apply for American citizenship. They say you can't. You come here illegally, you are not entitled to apply for American citizenship. You can apply for asylum, but if you're turned down, you're out of here, and um, most of them will be turned down. Nine nothing. So that shows you how crazy the Biden border policies are. Nine zero. Not even Sotomayor voted to allow people who come here illegally to apply for American citizenship. Okay, it's been five months since Joe Biden took office, so how's he doing? Let's bring in a historian and an author, David Petruzia. He is uh, up in Scotia, New York, where it's about 95 like it is down here on Long Island. All right, um, David, I want you to give Joe Biden a grade for his first five months that would be? Well, the first, uh, when we talked about this the last time, I copped out and gave him an incomplete. But I think he has been so bad since then, where it is difficult to come up with a positive point to say, well, I'll give him that. And it's just not there. It's not there on inflation. It's certainly not there in dealing with Congress, where he should excel, having been there since he was 29 years old. Uh, being the vice president, knowing how the system works, supposedly, and really, you know, putting the pressure on like FDR did, you know, maybe a purge of, of congressional opposition, which didn't work for FDR. And also one of the things you should do when you're going to bring an issue like this forward is you count the votes beforehand, not but he, after. Uh, but, but he's trying, he's playing to the press rather than Congress. He's not playing to Congress, it's, it's obviously that he's not going to get very much passed in this Congress. He's not. And so he's, he's playing, playing to, to the his press. left wing base. Yeah, that's who he's playing to. Now, can you explain to me why he never has anything on his schedule? That is one thing a day? I mean, is that unusual? You're a historian. You've studied past presidents. I've never seen anything like it. It really is. I mean, uh, if you take a look at um, Franklin D. Roosevelt's schedule. 
he's meeting with people in in short batches, like or sport fifteen minute shots. But it's once he gets up and out of the bed, it's all day. And then they're traveling from one place to another, meeting with more people, having more events. This is an unusually light schedule for for any uh, leader, whether he's in the state legislature, even. I don't. I don't know anyone in Congress. I don't know any foreign leaders, and I don't know any president, past president, who's ever had a schedule like this. It's almost as if um, he isn't running the government at all, that other people are doing everything. And of course, you're not going to know what their schedules are. We're talking Susan Rice, Ron Klain, Barack Obama, Michelle Obama. You're not going to know what they're doing. But it's almost as if Biden is just sitting there being, waiting to be told what to do and say. I, I don't want to be unfair to him, but that's what it looks like. Well, it certainly does. I'm, I'm looking at my own schedule. I've got, I was up at four in the morning doing stuff. And um, so it doesn't make sense. It, it smells on the surface. It should give alarm to people, but it is not giving alarm to people. I think well, if the reported. election were held today, he still wins. But, but it's he's, not reported. He's Teflon Joe at this point. No, I don't even think he's Teflon Joe. He's invisible joe <laughs> well that's how you no, make it nobody Teflon. nobody reports his daily schedule as far as i know other than me and i have a news service that's small in comparison to the corporate media corporate media has blacked out coverage of biden when was the last time you saw oh, a border absolutely. story yeah they, they're not reporting on the border anymore i mean there's a supply shortage of everything in america that i report on that i'm going to tell you about that in a little while because it affects all of us. But the news media is basically saying, look, we're not even going to bother reporting. Jen Psaki will just blah, 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 every day means nothing. And that'll be the end of it. But you're right. I, I don't know, half the country, if they had to pull a lever again today, would probably pull it for Biden. It's kind of shocking to me. Well, it, it is shocking. But, you know, you can't run against so much of the media where so much is is blanked out. I mean, you know. Uh, sources like yourself will report on this, but otherwise it's, you know, it, it is what flavor ice cream do you like? Or so much of it is now with this woke culture where we're, we're distracted by this every day with something crazier every day where they were going after the bird watchers the other day. And you have to rename what birds are named because uh -huh. of what somebody said 200 years ago. And that gets a lot of traction on social media. Last question for you. You wrote a book, a good book, because I, I read it, The Invasion of Normandy, all right? And you wrote it in 1995. It's been out a while. My question is, if American youth had to fight again, which they won't because of technology, but if there was a draft and American youth had to go and fight for their country, fight a very, very powerful enemy. Do you think they would make the sacrifice that our soldiers made? Uh, the anniversary of D-Day was yesterday, 77 years, that our soldiers made in 1944. Do you think that our population is now capable of doing that? Frankly, no. No. And they were unusually united then. So you, you've got sort of an outlier in support for a war then because it was overwhelmingly popular. But now when you can't decide on what your interests are 
what the nation should be doing. Should you be giving money to Iran or to Guatemala? When you were talking about Guatemala earlier, I was thinking about something from the 19th century, which was a, a big catchphrase then. Millions for defense, not one penny for tribute. So are, have we reached the stage where we're paying tribute to a small country like Guatemala to just sort of lay off us, to help us out, to buy them off instead of defending our own borders? That's what, we're, what we've come to. And when you can't defend your own borders or, or seem to have that willingness, are you going to do it overseas? All right. David, thanks very much. We appreciate it. And let's move along now to Holy Trinity Catholic Church in Washington, D.C. As we reported last week, this is Joe Biden's church when he's in Washington on a Sunday or a Saturday evening. He has another one in Delaware. Well, Holy Trinity Catholic Church isn't what they call an activist church. It's got a Black Lives Matter banner outside it. At least it did when we uh, drove by. And then has a quote from Pope Francis about um, racism and exclusion. Nothing wrong with the quote, but the Black Lives Matter is clearly a political statement. So the guy who runs the church is Father Kevin Gillespie, and in good faith, pardon the pun, I want to talk to him. But he turned us down. The quote, thank you for your invitation to speak with Mr. O'Reilly. I regret that I will not be available to speak with him on these issues. Well, I think he just violated the Eighth Commandment, bearing false witness. I don't think Father Gillespie regrets that at all. Because if he really regretted it, he'd come on and talk to me about the Black Lives Matter banner outside his church, which is a political statement, because the Black Lives Matter organization is Marxist, which goes against the tenets of the Catholic Church. So Father Gillespie, and forgive me, Father, for I have sinned, is a phony. He's a Jesuit, a lot of Jesuit phonies now. Big one at Boston College. Um, he's a phony. He's uh, an activist. And Biden feels very, very comfortable walking into a church that's got the big Black Lives Matter banner right outside, sending a signal like, you come in here, all right, we're going to give you a heavy dose of politics, not theology. We'll hide behind the theology because that's what Father Gillespie is doing hiding behind Jesus to get his political agenda out there. If Father Gillespie really cared about the plight of African-Americans, he'd uh, fly to Chicago and stand out there in a neighborhood that's had 3,000 African-Americans murdered in five years. Wouldn't you, Father? Cancel culture. So does a uh, volleyball player, Kylie McLaughlin, at the University of Oklahoma, it used to be, well, she left the school because they branded her a racist, 22 years old, and uh, she's transferred out. Now she's suing um, the University of Oklahoma. Apparently, uh, Ms. McLaughlin objected to the cancel of The Eyes of Texas, the song, remember that? Where some loons at the University of Texas wanted to cancel that song, The Eyes of Texas, are upon you, because it was racist. It isn't racist. It's not even close to being racist, right? So Kylie, as is her right as an American, said, you know, this is pretty nuts. Well, they persecuted her, apparently. Um, they made her take inclusion and diversity courses. Um, they red-shirted her, which means she couldn't play 
on a volleyball team. So she's suing them. We're going to follow that lawsuit. Um, and the University of Oklahoma, you know, you better think about what you're doing out there. Because this is wrong. Okay. This day in history, I'm going to do it now because this is so ironic. So June 7th, 1979, 42 years ago, guess what the first state was to pass a holiday memorializing the end of slavery? Texas. I didn't know this. Texas was the first state to declare Juneteenth a holiday. And Juneteenth honors the end of slavery in the USA. As you may know, Texas was a slave state, part of the Confederacy. But before anybody else, the state of Texas said, you know what? We were wrong. And now we're going to memorialize the end of slavery by a state holiday. Do you know that? I didn't know that. Disney, here's a great story. This is a fabulous story. I've been hammering Disney, as you may know, if you watch and listen to me. I believe Disney hurts America. It's a hugely powerful corporation. And they hurt America because they put on displays like The View. Uh, ABC News is heavily invested in liberal policy. Heavily invested. All right. And they make it impossible for poor and working class families to attend Disneyland and Disney World. So all in all, I just think this company is the worst. And I have told you that for a while. So the uh, chairman of the company, soon to step down, a guy named Bob Iger, throw him up there. So Iger, last week, very quietly, sells, I think, all of his Disney stock for, ready, $100 million. He dumps it all, as far as I can tell. More than five, about 600,000 shares. Iger dumps it. Why? Iger's wealthy. He doesn't need any money. And if Iger thought that Disney was going to go up another 10 points, you're not dumping 600,000 shares, are you? So Iger knows something. All right? Now, I think it's two. He knows that Disney has now reached critical mass with the American public. They don't like Disney anymore. And he knows that Biden's going to raise the capital gains tax on stock profits. This is liberal Bob Iger. So he goes, you know, it's a good time to get out. I'll pay the old rate, 22, 25%, whatever it may be. With Biden, he's going to jack it to 30, even higher if he can, but it'll probably be 30. So the liberal Iger dumps all his Disney stock, all right? The only reason I found out is a bit, when you do that, you have to file with the SEC. And I went, look, what is this? What is this? Thought you'd like to know. Now, an outfit called The Insider. I don't know what this is, all right? And I don't live on the internet, the social media. But anyway, they say that... A family of four traveling to Disney World or Disneyland outside of the state where you have to fly. A trip there for, I guess, a week costs $6,000. Now, I can't verify this. I can tell you that the admission to Disney World 
in Orlando is about $109 a piece a day. So that's almost $500 to get in for a family of four. Okay, park hopper tickets so you don't have to boil on the line, $174 a day. Then you got to buy food, astronomical. We told you about the $100 sandwich Disney's selling, $100 sandwich, okay? You got hotels, you got airfare, you got food, you got tickets every day, six grand. Now, who can afford that, okay? What kind of working class of poor kids, their families can't afford it? So what is Disney doing? Disney's like, it's woke. Oh, yeah. Oh, we're for the oppressed. Oh, yeah. Well, they can't go to your theme parks, can they? Mm. COVID. Poll. Gallup. Gallup's, ah. Two interesting questions. Um... What should you do now that COVID is subsiding? Stay at home as much as possible to avoid contracting or spreading the virus. 71% of Democrats say yes. 71% of Democrats, according to Gallup, you can't can't go out. (laughs) 87% of Republicans say, no, we're going out. So again, 71% of Democrats say, nah, don't go out. 87% of Republicans say, go out. So this virus, this contagion has been politicized to that extent. I have some thoughts about why, but I'm going to use that on another day. All right. Uh, I'm going to give you that maybe later on this week, but I want to get to Tokyo. So I was wrong. Oh. I'm like the Fonz. Remember Happy Days when he, he couldn't say that? You know, I was wrong. I predicted the Olympics would be postponed. No. The Japanese said no. Olympics are 50 days away, Tokyo, Japan. Okay, only 3% of the Japanese population has been vaxxed. So COVID is crazy over there. People in the hospital, people dying all over the place. They're not postponing. So they're going to put all the athletes in a bubble at the Olympic Village on Tokyo Bay, where my father once occupied Japan with U.S. forces. He was in Tokyo Bay. And they're going to keep the athletes away from everybody, but there will be people in the stands, um, and I think this is going to be a disaster. I could be wrong. I am wrong. I made a prediction that it was going to be postponed, so don't believe me. But I'm looking at this going, whoa. 15,000 athletes from 200 countries are going to show up that are going to be tested every hour on air or whatever it may be. But COVID's in the air over there. So in Dublin, Ohio, there uh, was a golf tournament, a memorial tournament, and a guy named John Ram, Spanish golfer, 26 years old, was winning by a lot. He tested positive for COVID and they booted him out of the tourney. So he loses more than a million dollars. Um, he's out because he tested positive. Wow. Um, 24% of the American population says it will not get vaccinated. 24%. And of that crew, 78% say 
Nothing can change their mind, not even death. Okay, so 75% of Americans will probably wind up vaxxed by the end of the summer, and 25% won't. What's going to happen to that 25%? Number one, I don't care. I have to, I'm sorry to be cruel, but if you're not going to protect yourself, I'm not going to get emotionally invested in your future. Number two, you will be at risk. That COVID bug, that's still going to be around. So maybe you guys are all Democrats and don't want to come out of the House, but you don't get vaxxed, you're going to be at risk. That's all I can tell you. All I can tell you is the truth. So we told you late night TV collapsed, all right? Cable and network news collapsing. Morning TV. This is interesting. In the year 2000, the Today Show had 7 million viewers. Today, 3 million. Okay? Good Morning America in the year 2004 had 5 million viewers. Today, 3.3 million. CBS Morning Show um, changed over 2012 and has fallen off 400,000. So not that big, but it only does 2.6 million. The CBS Morning News. That's nothing. That's nothing. So I just want to bring you up to date. Is television in general is collapsing. TV viewing is collapsing. People are on their machines. Whatever is on TV, except for live sports, they don't care. Okay, so we got a good mail segment. We have an even better final thought about supply chains and people not working and all of that. Back in a moment. Hey guys, it's Vivek Ramaswamy here, inviting you to listen to my podcast, Truth. We just relaunched it after the campaign, and we are already riding up the podcast charts. Here's why. I think that hard, in-depth conversations about the tough issues is the only way we're going to get this country back. Because make no mistake, we are currently in a war for the future of America, and you cannot win a war unless you're willing to speak the truth. If you want standard conservative talking points, this podcast is not for you. But if you want to go deeper and hear the conversations you're not going to find anywhere else, the conversations that will challenge you, that will challenge me, then subscribe to Truth with Vivek Ramaswamy on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. And I promise you, you're going to cover terrain that you're not going to hear elsewhere. So let's get right to the mailbag. Margaret, Bill, you are generous to Fauci. I do think he let himself be used, but I also think he knew exactly what was happening. All right. I mean, look, I'm considering that, but I'm going to wait before I condemn him. I've already said he's just a guy who does what he's told. It was ridiculous to say he was a science. I never one time pointed to Fauci as a credible source on anything. I always knew what he was. Mary, masks are a form of virtue signaling, showing that you are either a caring person or you are terrified. Forcing healthy people to wear masks is an abuse. That's the way I see it. I'm not wearing a mask. Lois Buell, Tucson, Arizona, just finished killing the mob, loved it. My question is, since the mob had its tentacles in almost every enterprise where money was to be made, are they into the big corporations? No. That's way outside uh, organized crime's purview. It's not like it used to be with them. It used to be, if you read Killing the Mob, they control a large part of the film industry, the music industry, the hotel industry. No, not so much. Wayne Hubs, Phoenix, Arizona. 
I understand that knowing if the virus came from a lab or a bat is important, but isn't it significantly more important that as the Chinese will quarantine their own, they're allowing people to fly all over the world? Of course it is, Wayne. China's a villain. There's no doubt about it. Um, Denise McLean, Woodside, California. Bill, your column on Tom Hanks, history guy, puts the nobility of America in perfect perspective. It should be mounted on the wall of every classroom in our country. Denise, I really wish it would be. And I appreciate you reading the column. It's posted on BillOReilly.com. Again, the column is entitled Tom Hanks, History Guy. I was fair to Hanks. Frank, so the Texas valedictorian chose to deceive her high school principal and staff, deliver a pro-abortion speech instead of the speech she submitted for approval. Now she is being applauded as a hero. I hope she pursues a career where honesty is not required. All right. Betty, man, oh man, I want a corgi. Ah, so I had uh, Holly the Terror Dog on this program on Thursday. Big response. If you want a corgi, you better have a great vacuum cleaner. <laughs> that dog sheds like I have never. You got to follow her around with the vacuum cleaner. Okay, Father's Day coming up May 20th. Signed uh, June 10th is it for signed books for dad or granddad. I'm signing my butt off here. I want to write a nice thing to your dad or granddad. BillOReilly.com will tell you how to get that done. Um, We have a grill master apron. (laughs) This is great. Stand up for your country. Um, That's for dad or granddad. And if you order any three killing books, you get a free stand up for your country hat. So we've got a great stuff for dad and granddad. Don't forget the tickets to see uh, O'Reilly and Trump, or Trump and O'Reilly, I should say, in the history tour. Word of the day, do not be puckish. Puck like hockey, P-U-C-K-I-S-H, when writing at BillOReilly.com. Good luck to the Islanders tonight against the Boston Bruins. Very tough team in Boston. It's a great series. Okay, quick break. Back with a final thought on chaos in the economy. Everything is expensive these days, you know that. The government is printing trillions of dollars in consumer prices higher than ever. If the government continues its printing and spending, the dollar could continue its freefall and lose its coveted role as the world reserve currency. Let's hope that doesn't happen. But there are a few things you can do right now. American Hartford Gold can show you how to protect your money, your retirement, your hard-earned savings against inflation by helping you diversify a portion of your portfolio into physical gold and silver. Start with a short phone call, and they can have physical gold and silver delivered right to your door or put inside your 401k or IRA. So please call or text them right now. Tell them Bill O'Reilly sent you. Call 877-444-GOLD, 877-444-GOLD, or text GOLD to 65532. Again, that's 877-444-GOLD, or text GOLD to 65532. Final thought of the day, I'm getting tons of mail about supply side, because now if you want to buy something or get something fixed, The excuse is we don't have the supplies. So what happened? Here it is. COVID shut down a lot of plants here and overseas. 
in order now to ramp those plants up, it takes a lot of time. So the manufacturing of knickknacks, whatever it may be, is behind, badly behind. Overseas, some of those plants aren't even operating. Here, they're ramping back up, but you know what the bureaucracy is. Now, the Biden administration should be cutting out all regulations on interstate commerce to get this part stuff up as fast as possible. It is not doing that. It's imposing more regulations on commerce. That's insane. The economy will pay a price. The second thing is workers. It is absolutely true that millions of Americans are not looking for a job because they're on the dole. They're getting paid by the Biden administration more sometimes than they would in a service job. So they're not in any hurry. So you have a labor shortage, you have a supply side part shortage, then that is going to hurt the economy big time. And so Biden, who doesn't know anything about economics at all, is going to be sitting there in six months going, what the deuce happened? What can you do? I don't know. I, gotta, I can't get stuff fixed here. Okay, well, we don't have it. We don't have it. We don't have it. It's not there. And workers, it's crazy. Crazy. So, you know, I'm going to the skilled players. I'm doing the best I can to try to fix the stuff I need fixed. But it's a killer. And we need a government in Washington to understand what's happening and to stop with the woke, racist garbage, all work together to get commerce up and running after the pandemic. Right? It's racist to make people poor, to hurt business. That's racist. Stop it. But Biden sits there in his big White House meeting with the NATO secretary and then calling it a day. I mean, this is what we have. Now, it will come back to bite him. There's no doubt it's going to come back to bite President Biden. It will. But who's going to suffer in the meantime? We are. I haven't heard any mobilization from anybody. The Republicans should be all over this. Let's get American business up and running as fast as possible. COVID is now behind us. If the idiots want to wear the mask all day, fine. They can do their jobs and wear the mask. And that's the final thought of the day. We'll see you tomorrow.